I gotta tell you, I, I this is this is something I've disclosed to you in the past. <laughs> that every so often, when watching a movie for the podcast, a movie mm, that we're going yes. to review, yeah, there will be a moment or two in the film where <laughs> I come to the conclusion, oh, Pete's not gonna like this movie. <laughs> However. And that happens, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's frequent, mm. but it happens, right? It's it's happened enough times that, you know, it's, it's a feeling I'm familiar with. Hmm. However. And, and I think this, that, just as a side note, it feels like yep. I was scrolling through some of our recent votes and the winners recently, and more and more and more, like, the body of evidence is like, is it just like every vote that Peter would dislike <laughs> is winning? Because I I'd feel like, like more think... and more and more, more and more and more, it must be happening where you're sitting on your couch going, "Oh, Pete's going to hate." Insert blank. About what's I like to think right that now. right now, people, listeners of the show, are pining and waiting to hear your response to The Exorcist. But I will say this is probably the first time. Where instead of simply having the, oh, Pete's not going to like this reaction, there was a moment or two during this film where I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> where, where I was just like, oh, this is going to be potentially a extremely, like, there's films that you don't like because, you know, it's like Drop Dead Fred or whatever. And I was like, oh, Pete's going <laughs> to, you know. Like, Pete's not going to enjoy this. It is what it is. This is no big deal. But like, you know, that'll be the dynamic of the review is Pete's not going to like this. And I'm going to talk about why it's super great. And this is, <laughs> I think this was the first time where I was like, ah, should I do a wellness check? Like, do I need, <laughs> like, you know, like there, there, there was a moment where after I finished watching it, I thought I would get a message from you saying, hey, you know what? I watched it or I watched half of it, I think we should consider not doing this episode. Or like, like something like that. It hasn't happened. We're here. We're actually going to talk about it. I'm very excited to do so. I'm, I'm walking. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, my assumption is, my assumption is you didn't like it. Um, I, I, I can say for certain, I feel like there are moments that made you very uncomfortable, moments that you didn't like, um, and it'll be fun and exciting to unpack those. But I'm walking into this, like, I don't know where this is going to go. And that's exciting for me. That's exciting for me. So hello and welcome. Welcome to the Movie Man Podcast. I am Peter, the eerily silent co-host and my happy co-host is brady <laughs> and we're here we're here for a seasonal vote result mm. um what movie are we here to review brady it's the exorcist it is the 1973 the film that changed it all which i'm sure we will talk about mm -hmm. uh yeah the exorcist so a couple things here Gonna peel the curtain back. I I had a moment. Okay. Where you know if sometimes you go, did I forget to turn the oven off when you go to right. school? 
Did for I me, forget- the answer is usually yes. <laughs> Did I forget to lock the door when I went on vacation for six weeks? Right. And I had one of those moments literally about 15 minutes ago. And <laughs> let, me, let me peel the curtain back a little bit. I, you know, so this is the first time, the first time our bread and butter in this show is voting. We make our um, guests, I almost said guests, our listener vote for what we review. And we've got the Patreon vote for bonus support. We've got the common vote. And this was the first time I never did a tally. It was just <laughs> like there was literally there was, no, there was no need. There is no point. Like there was just the Patreon vote alone. Like I just saw them rolling in and I'm like, okay, we would need like 600 people to vote for concisely something, you know, like collectively for something else. Unanimously something else. Yeah. To be even close. Plus yeah. then the popular vote. So like for the first time ever, I'm like, there is literally no point. Yeah. In me doing this. There was there was like one or two votes. There was. For other things. There was. But like for the first time, like it wasn't even like, I I guess I, for like the type A of me, I should have done it just to like see how far away it was. But like, I'm talking like it, 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 it there, like. I it was no photo a, finish. I can't put a metaphor on how not close it was. Yeah. And so anyway, typically what I use that, when I do the tally, is like the confirmation with you. It's like, okay, when we do a vote, it's like, okay, Cars won, beat out all these other movies, so we're going to watch Cars. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Check on in. And because we didn't do that, I had this like moment of terror 15 minutes did ago. Did I watch like, the wrong movie? Like, I was like, did I watch the wrong movie? And I was like, I never actually confirmed, like, was it the one? I'm like, I'm pretty sure the one from the 70s was the one, but I know there was like, oh, yeah, yeah, exorcism yeah. or some crap. Like, I, it was just like, I had this moment of like, wait, did I just like accidentally attribute the wrong winner? And A, won't be able to actually do a movie review with you, but B, then sat through two hours of this crap for like, no specific purpose. <laughs> okay. So a couple things out of that. One oh, sorry, is... <laughs> You just d- define the film of this crap. So this, you, you're maybe showing your hand a little bit here. I actually, so, yeah. So, so we'll see how that unfolds. The other thing is, yeah, like, and, and then normally, like, you know, I I post the vote and then um, I wait a couple of days and within enough time for there to still be a window for me to watch the film before we have to sit down and review it, you let me know what the winner was and then whatever the winner is. Like, I wait for you, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wait to hear from you yep. what it is we're reviewing and then I, because I don't, I don't do any of the tallying, right? Mm-hmm, I do the mm-hmm. posting. This is not my problem. Yep, um, yep. I didn't even like, honestly, like two and a half days after this vote was posted, <laughs> it was so clear what was happening that two, like two days after the after the vote was posted, I I just watched The Exorcist. Like I didn't even we 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 have not discussed it at all. We have not discussed what won because mm-hmm. it was just you know we didn't even need to wait for the vote window to close for the listener. It was just like you know 
36, 48 hours in, it was like, okay, well, we're doing The Exorcist. <laughs> and so I just watched The Exorcist, and we, we haven't discussed it at all, like, since. So, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It is. But, uh, yeah, we we had some four voting options. This is the, clearly the more spookier of our Halloween votes. So we had The Exorcist, which won. And as I go on, these were all your choices, to be clear. We had Insidious, yeah. Chapter 3, The Pope's Fun Time, and the ring <laughs> the pope's exorcist yeah. yeah and like and the only listen the only reason uh, i put the pope's exorcist in because it was a film that i saw in theaters earlier this year um mm. and so i thought well you know it could be fun to and it's it it, it it it's very tropey in the sense that it is your garden variety exorcism film um mm. And gets a lot, like, and so in some ways it's very similar to The Exorcist, which is very fascinating because you'll come to realize, as again, we'll probably get into, these are tropes that exist in this genre because of The Exorcist. Right, mm. and so and and so it's kind of one of those like, oh, is the the Exorcist is just another one of those films filled with all the cli- filled with all the cliche possession movie tropes and it's like no 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 like they're all copying this right. <laughs> right like this was the one um so that is is why i put that one in i put the ring in i've never seen the ring neither have i but it's very popularly like it's a huge pop culture reference. yeah it's one of those like you know you're gonna die in seven days you get the phone call you watch the tape you the girl comes out of the tv like it i'm so familiar with the imagery yeah yeah but but i've just never seen it um and then the only reason i put insidious chapter three in there is because years ago we we reviewed chapter one and two and maybe subliminally i was trying to start something (laughs) i was trying to be like well you know we've done three of them so because that's basically what happened with scream Right, we did Scream, yeah. and then we just had a vote, and people voted for Scream too, and we're like, "Well, hey, you know, there is a Scream movie coming." <sighs> but yes, no. so there's <laughs> there it is. No. Just tell it out, though. <laughs> but it's it's Patrick Wilson. Everyone loves Patrick Wilson. Anyways, um, yeah. So there you go. Well, and The Exorcist blew blew them all out of the water. Oh yeah, wasn't even wasn't like even close. hands down, hands down, yeah. pants down. There was no, there was no competition. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, should we should we get into it? Yeah, we can. Yeah, and so, I will tell you, I've watched three. I, I watched one, the making of, and dang. I watched two, like twenty minute each like evening news specials from back in 1973. Dang. Right? You're like, this is the five o'clock news. You know, <laughs> oh, you know, this pop culture phenomenon that is the exorcist and blah, blah, blah. And interviews with people who, spoiler alert, and this is this is part of the, the iconicness of this film, part of the legacy of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, like on camera microphone discussions not with one not with two but 11 separate people who either walked out at the end of the film or walked out 
partway through the film or while sitting down in the theater watching the film passed out. Holy, like, like, sir, sir, like fans or, or audience members, not, not workers, like people who viewed the movie and passed out. People, people who for a 10 o'clock showing had been waiting in line since 4.30 in the morning went to the film and passed out. Followed by, like, it, those discussions followed by, like, the concession dude or the ticket terror or whatever, like, the guy that works at the theater that talks mm-hmm. about how the theater, like, that this happens to probably half a dozen people every showing. Oh, and I see, I see, I see. And show that, that, like, you know, we we just have people passing out in the theater. Like, people are just fainting as a result just, of this. And th- just another And throwing Thursday. up and whatever else. And he talks about how, like, so when that happens, and then he, like, shows you, he's like, so these are our smelling salts. And we'll go in and use the smelling salts. He says, we have two types. We have one in a bottle. And then we have these little tablets that we can break. And then the person comes to, and he says, and most people at that point leave, but some have decided to stay and keep watching. <laughs> I've paid my dollar fifty. I'm staying. I waited in line since four thirty in the morning. Oh man. Well, with that being said, let's get the smelling salts out and get into it. Let's do this. All right. So we're going to do something a little bit differently, at least to start the conversation. Okay. Um, I, we've done this a couple times on the show, but mm. we're going to run through the film in a summative kind of way where we, okay. we will start at the beginning. I'm going to run us through the events of the film and it's kind of just a touch point for us to kind of, you know, hit on the main themes and then that can kind of guide our conversations. And obviously we might get on some tangents cause there's some bigger things, like you said, you know, with how big, you know, how fundamental this was in filmmaking or just like the things that happened as far as, right. you know, being a phenomenon in the 70s. So this by no means is supposed, you know, we will we will get on our tangents. But I feel like as a horror movie, I kind of want to go back to this summary perspective where, um, yeah, just so it's not like an hour of you talking and me going, yeah, that was messed up. Okay. Yeah. No, 100%. Carl and I do this when we review TV shows. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, very similar. Listen, I've got a tattoo that says this. If Carl, if it's good enough for Carl Eastman, it's good enough for me. (laughs) I love it. The one thing I will say, the spoiler alert, the foreshadowing for this episode. Oh, is is it that this is Carl's favorite movie? It is, yes. Now, Carl can't stand horror, man. Horror and needles. Yeah. Like any sort of like if he's got to get the flu shot or blood taken or right. like one of the main reasons behind why the man would never get a tattoo mm. is he just he cannot do needles. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, no, the one thing, whether it comes up organically during the summary or it's okay. something that we debate at the end and I'm ready for your your stomach to sink and your heart to do a flip. And, and, uh, you know, just this side, just this dread to come over you. Um, but something that I do want to talk about is the level of crassness, specifically in terms of things like using, um, 
using religious paraphernalia in in lewd manners and saying lewd things to uh you know men of the men of the cloth type of thing so i mm. I, I do because that's that's one of the those were the those were the uh shit moments for me <laughs> those were the moments where i was like <laughs> like okay so i mean up until this point it's been a horror film a slightly dated horror film but an iconic one nonetheless but then when the priest walks in and the 12 year olds on the bed saying f me like that's that's the moment when I was like, oh, Pete is going to not be happy at all. So I do want to break that into that at some point. Like I said, it may come up or organically, organically, or it might be the beautiful cap to the episode, but we'll see. You know what? We've got the movie man bingo. Maybe today's game is <laughs> what point did Pete break the DVD in half? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch just, this? I assume you watched this alone. Oh, yeah. It was not family movie night, I'll tell you yeah. that. Well, and I i mean, I listen, I know you weren't going to sit your kids down to no, watch no, it, no, but no, I also no, no, just no, assumed no. your wife no, yeah. had yeah, no, no. zero interest. Your yeah, wife no. was like, oh, you're watching The Exorcist? Have fun. I'm going to watch Cats. Uh, <laughs> for a For a significantly more enjoyable time. For her, anyways. <laughs> Good heavens. But uh, okay, take us through, sir. Are we? Are you uh, wanting to do initial impressions, or we're just oh, actually, going we straight could. into the summary? Okay, I, yeah, let's I th- do. I, I think let's we should do some quick ones. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll go first. Uh, so, my initial impressions of the Exorcist is it is, um, it's dated. It is. You know, it came out in 1973. Came out 50 yep. years ago this year. Yeah. Right. So it's dated. Sure. Um, it is for being fifty years old from a visual effects standpoint, whether it be floating above the bed, um, or or anything like that. It is tech. It's still technically impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. you know, from a time where there, there was no green screen and CGI and stuff like that. Like we were right. Right. You know, you're you're just using thin cables and and lighting and mirrors and camera tricks in order to to pull this stuff off. It it holds up in a lot of ways. Um, it is vulgar. It's very oh, yeah. crass at times. Um, and like I said, we'll end up talking about whether or not that was gratuitous or if it was necessary. Um, and I think at the end of the day, like, do I find it scary? No. Um, I don't find it scary because I've seen several films like this. In horror, this kind of exorcism, demonic possession, you know, whatever it is, and specifically the exorcism thing, not just like, oh, there's this creepy person in our apartment building and we think they're possessed because, you know, blah, blah, blah. But this, like, you know, messed around with a Ouija board brought something into your like invited something in that you shouldn't have invited in and now some expert has to come and help um that's my favorite subgenre of horror hmm cuz there's usually a happy ending i think is part of it right like somebody if you just have like a horror film you like you watch saw and it was oh, super right. gross for 2 hours and everyone died right <laughs> 
Whereas nine times out of 10, if the exorcist is coming, it's going to be a bumpy road, but we're going to get there, right? This guy is going to be able to help. Um, and so uh, I th so I didn't find it scary because I've seen many, many films like this. You tack on the dated aspect of it, which also then, um, you know, also then diminishes some of the scariness. But I do recognize and see why especially if you look at the horror films that came before this and what that genre looked like up until this point, <sighs> right? I can see why this is super iconic, right? Why this changed the industry, completely changed the genre, and why nobody at the time, like, and why people had such a visceral reaction because no one at the time had ever seen anything like it, right? It just didn't exist in film. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my initial impression. I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's a, for what it is, I think it's a really good movie. Um, and that they're probably really in terms of like visual effects have gotten better. Writing has gotten better, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not sure that from an importance in a genre standpoint, I'm not sure anything like nothing like this had ever been made before. And I'm really not sure anything has been made like this since. So that's my initial impression. Hmm. Pete, what do you think? That's an interesting question. I don't really know what, off the top of my head, it'd be hard to come up with something that, you know, when you say since, because, you know, something that was this groundbreaking and is disturbing and just pushing the envelope. That's a good question. I, that'd be something I'd have to chew on. And I'd be curious if there's, I'm sure there is something, but I, I, nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. Listen, my initial impression, it, you know, there's no, going to be no spoilers here. You know, despised it, hated it. You know, like, this isn't my kind of movie. But my, my, my goal in this is not <laughs> just to be a wet, <laughs> my goal is to just not be a wet blanket. You know, it, I, I'm not going to pull pull a Brady with Dune and be like this movie was crap and just say how crap it was for me because I understand it it's pop cultural significance and there was you know some features of it am I excited about it you know if someone said we're having a movie night and we're gonna watch it I'd be like eh, you know let's not <laughs> but it I, I it it is campy it is corny I think it's just um one of those uncomfortable things just because um there there's some whatever you believe there's some very odd circumstances and psychological um documentation cases where people have had odd experiences where whether it was maybe mental health or some type of possession or something in between or something out there you know, there's been real life documented cases of just odd stuff happening. And so this kind of rings true to, you know, some real life applications of that. And so I think that is just where, you know, obviously I'm like, you know what, this is a little uncomfortable for me. I don't even remember. I watched like a true, it's not a crime thing, but like a true covering of it. And I think it was like in Germany, at least the one I watched, it was like a German girl. And I think it was around the turn of the century. And, um, yeah. Oh, uh, An Annalise M Michael or Mikael. Is that, that the one? That sounds familiar. 
Yeah, because I think she was German. If I'm thinking of the right one, it's been a long time since I watched it. That's the it. one. That's the one I think I know of. Uh, yeah. 1952. 52. So never mind. It's not the turn of the century, but still. Yeah, it was a, a German ago. woman who underwent 67 yes. Catholic exorcism rites before uh, during the year before her death. She right. died of malnutrition, for which her parents and priests were convinced of right. negligent, or were convicted of negligent homicide. And so, when you you break it down, you you know, I think when you look at it, that as a side note, you look at things like this, and some red flags go up, and you go, hmm, there's definitely some weird stuff. So maybe there's something supernatural at play. There's also some things where you go, okay, maybe there's some paranoia getting in here. There's some human fueled elements of it and maybe there's some mental health issues with the person itself you know and maybe it's a sick vicious cycle regardless um weird stuff has happened historically where there's been things like that happened in the movie that we're reviewing and um you know i think that'd be one of the reasons i wouldn't volunteer to want to watch it again or watch the series yeah, no. or, Some, or someone would say hey come on over for a party we're gonna watch the exorcist and you were like sweet i'll be there do you mind if i get drunk <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right now Clearly. did we review you're dying here did we I'm review dying. either we review i'm pretty sure either we reviewed or i had you watch the exorcism of emily rose we watched it independently because that did come to mind too. That was a fictional one too, right? Like that wasn't based on a quote unquote true story. Well, so really, really interesting. That movie is loosely based on the Annalise Mikkel. Oh, okay. That thing. sounds right. Um, okay. Because she, because there was, there was like legal things that kind of followed, right? Like it was, it was, yeah, it, problematic because of of you know, at the time the the parents and the and the priests were like, well, she was possessed, blah blah blah, and the courts and the legal system were like, no, you guys, you killed her through you know whatever it is that that you did to her. You said you saw like a live a or like a, a live action. You you said you saw like a a, a sort of a bio or like a, a you watched a video on the Annalise thing yeah it was like a BuzzFeed unsolved like 20-30 minute covering of it and it, it was kind and of a did breakdown it include because if not they are on YouTube did it include the audio recordings obviously so it was like a 20-30 minute uh, video so obviously it wasn't the full extensive coverings of the audio clips but it definitely did play some yeah. clips of it and it's like who and that's yeah. that's why it's peculiar because yeah red flags go off going like was there some negligence involved kind of looks like it was yeah. there maybe some you know supernatural stuff going on i don't know there's some yeah. peculiar stuff going on all around and is it maybe is it maybe fueled by how the adults around her were treating her? Maybe. Is it maybe a mental health issue? You know, like there's just so many facets of it that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to Cause, think. Because you hear it and you're like, well, it sure doesn't sound like a 23-year-old girl. <laughs> oh, clearly right? not. And uh, and then also there's like the whole, like I'm pretty sure the language she's speaking in those tapes is not German. Right. And that's one of those things. That's one of those yeah. things like is touched on in this film and touched on in, in many other films. One of the tropes is, are they speaking in, is the person speaking languages that there's no, 
there's no justifiable way for explaining why why they would know how to speak that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, let's let's get let's get into her. Let's yeah, let's, let's do it. Break down this this pleasant film. So we've got uh, Georgetown, Washington, D.C. There's an actress named Chris McNeil, mm-hmm. and she's starring in a film directed by her friend McNeil. It, along, let, with, sorry, let me let me stop you right there. So, yeah. did, what's very interesting is so this film is worth noting has multiple sequels. Yeah, it looks so like there. It. There is The Exorcist II, The Heretic, mm. um, which came out several years later, has both Regan and and Chris in it, mm. right? They, they, both those characters come back, both the actors come back, blah, 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 super wonderful. Um, mm. The Exorcist Three, um, just just called The Exorcist Three, came out in 1990 it doesn't have either of them in it but father um father what's his name not the um hang on let me pull up the actual name here the boxer not- the psych the psychiatrist father karis oh um, yeah he's in it now the young guy the young guy the young guy, he's in it, but he's he's no longer Father Karras. He's now referred to as Patient X because he's in like a psychiatric institute after, hmm. you know, the things he experienced. There was The Exorcist um, <sighs> Beginnings. The Exorcist Beginnings. I, while you're looking that up. I instinctually was going to ask, is so-and-so in this? Because he's the most famous actor I knew. And I was going <coughs> pardon me, I was going to say it was Max von Sydow in it. And then I was like, whoops, never mind. <laughs> Just never mind. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> You're going to um, go with no. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. So then there was the Exorcist. Where? Why can't I find just a simple friggin' list of... Hang on. Hang on. The Exorcist movies. Um, The Exorcist, The Beginning, came out in 2004. Um, And Stellan Skarsgård plays a slightly longer, younger Father Marin, the older guy, the actual, the exorcist. Um, and hmm. it's, so it's sort of like a beginning. I, I don't know much about it. I don't know if it is because in this film, they talk about how, you know, Father Marin was he did like a 26 a day exorcism in, somewhere in Africa. Um, and that's yeah. sort of his credentials for this. I don't know if this follows that. I really don't know. Um, Dominion. Stellan, Stellan Skarsgård, for the record, just has such a diverse oh, portfolio. Yeah. I oh, mean, you've for got sure. Mamma, Mamma Mia, the uh, the Exorcist. You've got uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. The MCU. You've got the MCU. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Yep. Um, he Stellan comes back a couple years later for a film called Dominion prequel to the exorcist, hmm. um, which is just another, another, whatever. However, the ex, this is all to say the exorcist has pulled a Halloween, right? So Halloween came out 
10 million years ago with Jamie Lee Curtis. And there was like I, something like 12 Halloween films that have been made. Um, but then a couple of years ago, if you remember, um, Jamie Lee Curtis came back for a trilogy of films. And those three films were a direct sequel to the original Halloween. So basically they ignored everything else that had come since all the other sequels, all the other films that were not made by the original dude that were not, you know, whatever it was like, okay, this is, you know, that's all great, blah, blah, blah. However, this is, this is a sequel to the original James Cameron did that with Terminator, right? Mm. The, the most recent Terminator film, they said, Hey, this is, I, we know there's like seven of them. This is a sequel to the second one. And it ignores, it cuts everything out. It retcons everything else. Mm -hmm. So there's a film in theaters right now called The Exorcist Believer. Right. Which has done that. It has taken all, all of those sequels and prequels and whatever else, completely retconned them, said this is a sequel to the first one. And Alan Burstein returns and reprises her role as old lady Chris McNeil. Oh, really? Yeah. If you what watch the trailer, doing? there's this great moment where like, she's just there sort of like a resident expert or whatever, like someone who has experience. And there's like a different kid now or a couple of kids that are possessed and a set of parents that are super upset and blah, blah, blah. And there's a moment where Chris McNeil first meets and is talking to the possessed kid. And it's at a moment where the kid's not, app that behind the wheel right like it's it's clearly mm. we're talking to the demon and and chris mcneil says we've met before and the demon the little girl who's like possessed with the yellow eyes and you know blah 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 like it's it looks very updated but also they've kept the style stylings completely the same right hmm. like it looks the, the design of what someone looks like when they're possessed is consistent with the exorcist universe. Um, so she says, we've met before. And the demon looks at Chris McNeil and says, hello, mother. <laughs> right. So it's just like, it's cool. It's cool that she's back 50 years, the 50 year anniversary. She's back and, and they're doing their thing, but the 50 continue. year, 50 year reunion tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, we've got McNeil. She's got a sweet acting gig. Uh, and she's yeah. along with her 12-year-old daughter, Reagan. Regan? Regan, sorry. Regan. Ronald Regan. Uh, they rent a luxurious house with servants. Yeah, so it's not even happening at home. Yeah. Which is one thing, and is maybe yeah. scary. But also, like, there's going to be several times where I give a big up to this film for being more complex than it needed to be and not hmm. taking the easy route. And what a unique choice to have the mother be not just a homemaker, not That's just really true for 50 years ago. Oh yeah. It, you know, it's not a mother and father situation. It's not yeah, a whatever. That's true. She's single parenting. Huh? She's a Hollywood movie star. I honestly just watched that through modern day lens and I just kind of was like shrug. Fine. Yeah, but that's a really good. No, point. big up, big up, because it because it mm. it it adds a layer of background, right? And explains the presence of several other characters. You know, it's the director, it's the you know whoever else. Hmm. No, that's that's cool. 
is a side note. I should have mentioned this in my initial impressions. With Regan, there was uh, there uh, in the movie The Hateful Eight from 2015. There's this beautiful, majestic scene where horses are trotting through just fresh snow on the mountainside, where it hasn't been mm-hmm. like it's just freshly slayed. They're running through this snow in slow motion, and it's very majestic with a wagon. And there's this beautiful theme that's playing with it. And I remember when I watched the movie, I I I used my um shazam to go what is this like this is such a beautiful theme and then i realized it was reagan's theme and i'm like oh my gosh like this is recycled music from like an exorcist film but regardless it appears i actually after i watched this i went wait a minute i don't even remember this playing and it looks like maybe this is from the second exorcist and that's why i didn't recognize it because i i didn't didn't I didn't notice it in this film, and I that would have been the one redeeming factor for me. Going well, I was traumatized, but at least there was that thirty seconds that wasn't so bad. And that reminds me of the the like coyotes or the wolves or whatever they are, which also reminds me you like you skipped the whole, entire beginning of this movie. I mean, that's possible. I am this summary to be clear is not written by me. So if I miss something, okay. please interject because it's So So the film starts out at at an archaeology site in the Middle East. Right. Right, where we're first introduced to um Father Marin. Yes, Lanka, yeah. M- Max von Sydow, I'll call him. Yeah. And uh and he's he it, it doesn't end up it ultimately doesn't end up meaning a whole lot. It's kind of just a, and if I have any criticism of this film, it's kind of, it's kind of that that mm. like there's an artifact that's discovered that is presumably a super dark artifact, and it's kind of presented as potentially being a MacGuffin for the film, and it really doesn't, it really isn't. Right. Right? Like, it kind of has not a whole lot to do with anything. It does appear, hmm. someone someone finds it later on, or something very similar to it. Hmm. Ah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. it's not I, as I don't big as you would... Fu- fundamentally no, think it should be they don't make a deal out of it and, and so i don't I, I don't know what the whole point of that is i don't know if there's supposed to be something and i just missed it um but but i think ultimately this is just an introduction to father Marin, um sure. and that he you know that he's well traveled and he knows evil when he sees it yeah. and blah 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 but a criticism of the film would be that like for everything that happens in this opening like 15 minutes for it to presumably have nothing to do really ultimately with the rest of the film it's a little convoluted and, and could probably just be cut entirely right for for it to not have a significant payoff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh meanwhile father damien is a psychiatrist who counsels georgetown university priests He's visiting his ailing mother in New York. He confides to a colleague that he feels unfit in his role, citing a crisis of faith. Yep. I mean, checks out so far. Chris hosts a party 
with, now, I guess I'll just call him Damien. Chris hosts a party with Damien's friend, Father Dyer, who explains Damien's role as a counselor, mentioning that his mother died. <coughs> Pardon me, died recently. Regan, seemingly... You're still getting um, over a cold. It's, we, I, I, we, 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 we can make note of that. So that Yeah, I mean, the smoking like a chimney doesn't help, but n- it's mostly no. the cold. Yeah, the uh, the meth. Uh, but that's... <laughs> when you have a cold, how <laughs> else are you supposed to get through it? I've been downing Buckley's, and man, it it uh, I feel like it didn't taste as bad 20 years ago, I'm just going to say. I just so speaking of speaking of that beginning and because obviously you're a Max von what is it Sido 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 I, I could be wrong Sido uh, you appear to be a fan are you a fan Yeah I mean I'm not like a you know I I appreciate him but I I don't he's not like in the um, Ralph Fiennes territory or anything Right Okay it's something that is bewildering to me. And I mean, I guess it's I guess it's dyed hair and like how old in this film would you wager Father Marin's supposed to be? Because because they make mention of the fact that like hmm. oh is he still physically able to do stuff like this? He's he's kind of getting on in his years. He doesn't you know, blah, seem blah, blah. that over the hill. No, what, what what would your guess be? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. In the seventies, I don't know. Like, okay, right, yeah. So he's not like he's not like he's not dead and gone. No, I don't know. Fifty or sixty? I don't know. Fifty? Yeah, but looking at him, he's like he's got all white hair. True. And and age spots and wrinkles and crow's feet and you know whatever. Yeah, I guess more sixty. Yeah, yeah. Max, Max, when he shot this was. 44 when this film came out. He was 44? Yeah. Okay, and I don't even know what to think anymore. Like, and I don't know if that's... uh, Are the age spots real? Were they, like... No, I'm assuming they they have to have aged them up. Yeah, true, true, true. Because I've seen... Like, right now I'm looking at pictures of him when he died in in 2020 right so 47 years later and he doesn't look much worse if not slightly better than he did in the exorcist in 1973 <laughs> so, so obviously they've like obviously they they aged him up here but i just don't know like yeah it's it's still a he's still a rough looking guy I, I guess like <laughs> anyways Reagan who is apparently unwell appears in the party in the gathering and urinates before Chris comforts her and I remember yeah. this I think there's a scary movie that makes fun of this uh, yeah so scary this. movie um scary movie one. Maybe one, parodies, yeah. p- 
parodies several things, right? Like you get sure. you, there is a father Marin that shows up mm-hmm. and he's he's dropping the kids off at the pool in the bathroom and all of a sudden there's just flies everywhere and like flies are landing on his face <sighs> and they start instead of just her puking green pea soup, he, they all start puking it on each other <laughs> and and then when Re- Regan starts like you know, sticking her tongue out and like gesturing at him seductively, he kind of takes the bait and plays back a little bit. Yeah. So there's, there's, I think it's the first scary movie that, right. um, has dedicates like a whole 10 minutes to the yeah. exorcist. To the, yeah. Uh, after she puts Reagan to bed, it is how they phrase it. It shakes violently. Dyer the consoles bed. Karis who expresses guilt at not having been with his mother when she died. Reagan's personality becomes violent. Well, okay, hang on. We're yeah. this like whoa. Like we're so far into this film already. <laughs> so we get introduced to Father Ferris. Yes. And and his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, dude, dude. Okay, hang on. Pump the brakes. Sure, so sure, we get sure. introduced to Father Ferris and his relationship with his mother. Ferris and, or Karis? Uh, Karis, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, Father Karis. I see. We we're talking about we we're talking about a scary movie. Now I'm thinking Anna Ferris. Now, oh yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. happening. Um, so Father Karis, and we get introduced to him and his relationship with his mom, mm-hmm. and and. She and something seems a little like either he's been out of town for a long time or something's going on. Like she mm. she doesn't seem like she's able she doesn't seem entirely capable of taking care of herself. Mm. And um but also there's there's like yeah, she doesn't seem capable of taking care of herself and 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 something seems up with her in a mental capacity type way. Hmm. Then she has an episode and and we find out that she ends up like where she gets stuck when she has her episode is they stick her in like a psychiatric hospital. Hmm. And it's in that moment that like I turned and looked at Brienne and because she's in there with people who clearly have like schizophrenia and mm. and are, you know, like completely, completely mentally incapacitated um, in many ways, heavily medicated people. And and it was at this point where I like pause the movie and I turned and looked at Brienne and I was like, I'm pretty sure she just has dementia. Hmm. And and so it was just a glimpse into the times of like mm. what how dementia was perceived in the early seventies, right? That may, you you would maybe. have just I been con- considered to be, you know, like certainly the stigma around mental health and and the whatever else. Like, it getting treated for mental health in the seventies is not like what it is now. Right? That that I won't argue on, but I don't know about if that it's a window into what how dementia was treated. Like I'm not like viewed. I would say I'm not sure about I, if that. they even understood it. I I don't know if it was that different in the 70s. Mental health, right? for sure. You're right. You, there are no no arguments there. So yeah, I don't know. So but maybe, but maybe. So that happens. Which man, you're you, the, whoever you got this 
summary from shoot them because but, but it is full disclosure it's wikipedia oh my god what are you doing you spend five minutes and get get like oh okay anyways so listen if we were reviewing jurassic park I would spend five minutes, but we're reviewing this. I am not spending five minutes. So, so that all happens. And and what I find really important and fascinating about this is that, like, again, big up to The Exorcist, because there is a whole story, like, the amount of character development mm. that Father Karras gets in mm. this film is miraculous. True. Right, that we yeah, get introduced to his mother, and then she dies, and then he's struggling with that, and and all of that's like there's mm. all of these layers. Yeah. The other thing that this whole like, if we're already at the point where, <laughs> where like, because the bed shakes the first time, it sounds right. like this is we're talking about the second bed shaking at this point. <laughs> so the first time the bed shakes, she. Well, it happens at least three times. We see it twice. Mm. The first yep. time Regan tells her mother about it, and the mother mm. doesn't believe, doesn't well, buy it. Right? She's yeah. like, "Oh, you know, you're tired. You know, like I don't know, whatever it is." And the second time, the mother witnesses it. Right? Like she jumps mm. on top of the bed to try to, yeah, I, I don't know, stop it from shaking or something. Yeah. And it continues shaking. Then we have several, like, a good, like, 15, 20 minutes of this film that happens around medical professionals, right? Like, Mm -hmm. prior to even going to the church and dealing with all of that. So, she goes and she takes Regan to, I guess, just a GP at first, right? Yeah, I guess. And the GP, who is very very anti-psychiatry like extremely like the doctor who which again i think is an indicator of what psychiatry and and how all that was viewed at the time right it it wasn't like hey you know what actually yes this might help it was well no let's not be let's not get dramatic here we'll just put her on ritalin Right, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna put her on Ritalin, and and there's several times where the mother's like, I don't, you think we should, you know, maybe like talking to someone and getting some help. He's like, No, 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 Mrs. McNeil. It's the worst uh, thing you could do. We'll just give her the drugs. We'll just the Ritalin is, and he is so anti. He's he's such a drug pusher, and he's so anti psychiatry, which again. I think is probably just a sign of the times. Maybe. Um, it's hard to see. <laughs> so that happens. And then some horrific, truly <laughs> horrific 1970s era medical equipment. Good <laughs> Lord. Like they do whatever it is. I don't know. They do like a, 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 a CAT scan or what they do. They do. They do brain imaging on her. And the girl gets a three-inch IV in the neck in order to administer the contrast. Right? Like, Brianne's a nurse. She's a nurse in the ER department. And I, right. I like, pause the movie, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing to her? And Brianne was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Because it's so different than how things are done now, right? She's like, right. I, I don't know. And then when it was revealed that they were just doing imaging and that that was how they were putting the contrast in, she was like, 
oh my God, <laughs> like, geez. And then, and then they do more testing and it's like, at first it seems like some prehistoric MRI machine or we don't really know. <laughs> There's something's moving around her. She's like laying on a bed and something's moving around very aggressively, making a lot of really loud, awful, terrifying noises. Something, mm. a, 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 a scenario that not even like the 11 or 12-year-old would want to have to sit through. I wouldn't want to have to sit through this. Like, it seems terrifying. And Brianne's like, what is this? And then like a minute later, they're like reviewing the results of whatever that big scary <laughs> thing was. And they're like, oh, the x-rays were inconclusive. And it was like, that was an x-ray? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Listen, if you if there's ever been a time to be appreciative of medical advancements in this is the year 2023, the exorcist, that might have been the scariest part of this film. <laughs> is is the massive IV in the neck and then the, you know, but this is also this medical stuff is important because it is a the first indicator that it, the mother starts to get that something mm. something's is up. not right, right? Yeah. Because the the doctor asks her like, "Oh, does she have like angry fit? Like, does she swear a lot?" And Chris is like, "No, she doesn't swear at all." And the doctor's like, "Uh." <laughs> She had some pretty colorful language in the room just now. And we find out what that language is, and I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. Um, but like some nasty, like, you know, uses the C word type of thing. Yeah. Um, and and Chris is like, what? Like, that just doesn't seem. And we do. We see her freak out, lash out violently in the doctor's office. Yeah. It's also important because once all that stuff wraps up, it is ultimately the doctors who are the ones that suggest getting help from the church. And <laughs> they're like, but they do it through the lens of like, they make it very, 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 very clear. It's a placebo effect, right? It's psychosomatic. It's, it's if she believes in that type of thing, then, you know, just going through the ritual aspect of it and, and the, you know, the whole ceremonial thing, that might be enough to get your daughter like, sorted that, out or that whatever. That could do the trick. That might do the yeah. trick. So they're like, yeah. they've seen some, this is a, a thing that some people have done and it's, it's shown some success and, and it may work. But just so you know, psychiatrists are crazy and this whole exorcism thing is total bullshit and uh, and is just a placebo effect. But maybe the placebo effect will work, so go get in touch with the church. So all of that was important. I can't believe your your thing skipped all that. Well, let me finish, son. There's more. Let me go here. Regan's personality becomes violent. To summarize all that you just said, she is subjected to medical tests which find no physical cause. I thought you said that they approached the shaking bed. Maybe I misheard you. I, I do you think, said that I think that maybe Yeah, I did mention that. And I don't know if that's referring to the first time or the second time. So that But that then is but you said she says something she she comments on um uh, Oh no! I think I misheard you. Sorry. Yeah. All good. Sorry. All good. 
we're on the same page. Um, so during a house call, Regan exhibits abnormal strength. One night, Chris finds the house empty except for a sleeping Regan. Dennings is found dead beneath Regan's window. So I think that was, he was babysitting, right? Like he was. Yeah. So that, the, that was the, the gist. Chris had to go out to do something, right? Yeah. I can't remember if it was like she had to do, yeah. I, I don't know. She had to go do something. And, yeah. um, and Denning was left in charge of watching Regan. Yes. Uh, Regan. Yeah. Um, but not by Chris, right? It was the whoever, I don't know if she's a nanny, because it's Burke <laughs> yeah. Dennings. Who, for some reason, Chris seems to maybe have a little bit of a side thing going on. Like, it's kind of hinted, and it's like, really? This guy? <laughs> this is the guy? Uh, okay. Um, but no, it's... it's. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find the name on a list here mm-hmm. of who... Of who it is. But there's some girl that's, like, in the house. Sure. Right, and she's like, I don't know if she's the nanny. I don't we'll know call if she's her just a girl number one. Yeah, she's she's the help, right? It, it, Sharon Spencer is that? Sure, sure. Yeah, looks like it. Um, and so, anyways, uh, gosh, who who died several years ago at the age of eighty? That's <laughs> just yeah. to tell you how long ago this film came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so when um, when Chris comes back, she's like, you left her with Burke? Like, <laughs> like reprimands her for it, right? Like, right. you should know better than to do that. And, <laughs> um, and that was your responsibility, and you're just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Pretty schlupping off. your duties. Yep. And, um, and then, yeah, they go up, and, and he's not there. He's, he's gone out and left Regan alone. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, he's found dead. Not just dead, but like well, yeah. So suspiciously dead. Very suspiciously. Detective Kinderman comes along and he he questions Karis. Well, I loved conf- him, by the way. <laughs> he confides in him that Denning's head was turned backwards, which apparently is abnormal. Which which it is, for the record. For the record. Yeah, well, and I think that was just the demon going, I can spin my head around, can you? Oh, you can't? <sighs> Oops. Oops. Sorry. My bad. Reagan's condition worsens as her body becomes covered with sores, and boy, does it ever. Kinderman tells Chris that the only plausible explanation for Denning's death is that he was pushed from Reagan's window. Yeah. As Kinderman leaves... Reagan has another violent fit, stabbing her private areas with a crucifix and turning her head backwards. Okay, so is this where we should talk about it? I guess so. Okay, so confirm for me that you found the the crucifix masturbation and the... um the like f me f me you know like whatever oliver likes the demon sexual advances to the crude sexual advancements advances to the priests um probably excessive and shouldn't have been there i'm is that 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, your that, take on it. Doing a pulse check, that's that's pretty accurate. You know, it's like, okay. all right, did, did I need this? No, probably not. I I'm going to I am going to disagree entirely. Um did it make me feel did it make you feel uncomfortable? Yes, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Did it make me feel uncomfortable? Yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. Did it make the people who first viewed this in 1973 horrified and nauseous? Yes. But that was the point. Right? Because but- it, it in a time where in the because nowadays you can have you know if this film was made today then you've got regan crawling across the ceiling and you've got every bone in her body breaking simultaneously and her contorting into some awful shape Hmm. and you've got you know you've got all of these other visual effects at your disposal for a being scary and B, for really conveying that this isn't Regan we're dealing with. This mm. is something else. And and this something else that we're dealing with is pure evil. Nowadays, you have all kinds of things that you can use to convey that. In 1973, you didn't. Yeah. Right? That's like fair. you 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 were very, very, very limited. And so you have to use other avenues to um to convey that to convey not only is this not this 12 year old girl but what this is is evil and vulgar Mm -hmm. and horrific and disgusting and and not something that we can just pretend isn't there and let live on inside of her because that'll be cheaper and easier and and whatever <laughs> else and hiring cheaper. the church. <laughs> well, you see, you know, psychiatrists and this film takes place in America. Like, you know, they didn't have health insurance to take her to the hospital for all those tests. X-rays, man. Um, and so, so that's all there, I think, very specifically for that, for that reason. Especially once, and this is sort of jumping out of the timeline here a little but especially once the priests show up and she's making her sexual advances against them because it's not her making those sexual advances advancements it's the demon and the only real like one of the um one of the tropes that exists in demon centric movies is that one of the things that you need to be able to do in order to gain power over the demon is identify it. You need to figure out what the demon's name is. That that doesn't happen in this film. The closest thing that we get to identifying the demon is that the demon claims to be Lucifer. The demon claims not to be just some demon. It claims to be the devil. And we don't get confirmation or, or you know... Um, we don't get confirmation of that. So we don't know whether or not that's actually true or if it's just more of the demon's lies and games and and whatever. Um, but the demon, when dealing with, whether it's a demon or w- whether it's a devil, within the, the Christian religion or within the, the lore of this film, however you want to look at it, that entity knows, it, it fears nothing except for Jesus, except for Christ. 
and the power of Christ, which is something that gets repeated multiple times. Many times. And, and that demon knows that if these priests use the power of Christ against it, it doesn't stand a chance, right? That, that it's not going to win that fight. It can't. And so the only thing that it can do is really, really get in the head of those priests and throw them off their game and and unsettle them so that they are broken and unable to use Christianity, use use Christ to combat it, right? And Father Father um, Marin even says that. Right, he says because Father Karras is like, you know, why, why this little girl? Like, what is the point? Right? Why? Like, I don't, I don't understand the point. Why this girl? Like, what is it gaining? And Father Karras says, I think the point is to shake our faith, to to create doubt, to, um, you know, to to be this. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he, he he says like that is the point. The point is so that it can, you know, so that we'll approach it unassuming, because it it, it by appearance it's m- m- for the most part not so much anymore, but for the most part just an innocent little eleven year old twelve year old girl, um, and and that works in its benefit. So yeah, all of that is to say, yes, it's excessively crass. Yes, it's upsetting, even for me. But that I, was the point. I would say it, my summary of what you just said would be, yes, it's effective at making people uncomfortable, but I think the difference is those who partake in horror movies would say that's effective. For someone who's not into horror movies would go, you know what, I didn't need any of this to begin with. This is maybe a, you know one step too far. Right, but... And, and and that's the thing, right? Is like you went into this film going, I don't even need this film. <laughs> like I'm, I don't need this experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, and I think specifically the thing with the crucifix was to show that what is inside of her is the antithesis of anything holy, hmm. and that it has a sheer disregard and lack of respect for the cross totally. and for the church right because it it is it 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 drives home and makes the point perfectly clear that this is the the antithesis this is the opposite of Jesus mm-hmm. so we just got to pause for one second my son's freaking out i just i will be okay. right back
Hey, sorry. Hey, sorry about that. Hey, yeah, no worries. I am. Give me a chance to grab water. (laughs) Cool. You'll need it. So I'm done. I'm done my point there. So you can just pick up. Yeah. So I think regardless, clearly not normal. Is what we can determine about that scene. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would, and again, it's subjective. I would argue oh, yeah. it was necessary. Um, obviously, I, I get your, it was a different experience your, for you. I get your argument, and I think it all just comes down to taste, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a really good point. I never considered that because if I had seen what you described of like every bone in her body breaking, I saw that actually recently in an M Night Shyamalan film where like it happened in an instant, and I went. You know, that was not pleasant, but like it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't have maybe the desired effect of, you know, if I had seen that on the street, I would have been horrified. But in a film setting, Mm. it was like, okay, that's clearly CGI and it's kind of campy in its own way. So you're right. I don't appreciate it, but it's definitely a a movie making technique that was unique and effective. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we're in the same boat. Like, like I yeah. said, oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, too yeah. didn't want to see it. No, right? Like, and that's I the too point. was made uncomfortable by it. And that's, and that's um, the point. But, right? but I think it was effective in yeah. setting a tone and yeah. really outlining the severity of of the situation. Oh, for sure. So Reagan's confined to her bedroom for obvious reasons. Chris seeks out Karis. <laughs> I mean, really. Regan has put on a well-deserved timeout. (laughs) Good gosh. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Gotta quit smoking there. Um, So on on her bed confinement there, Chris seeks out Karis, who visits Regan. The possessed Regan claims to be the devil, as you referred to, and then projectile vomits into Karis's face while speaking in tongues. Both things that are hard to fake, hard to uh, just f- uh, pretend, and it puts up some red flags, to say the least. Mm-hmm. The demon says it will remain in Regan until she is dead. At night... Chris Which I'm assuming si- it doesn't think will take very long. Like this isn't yeah. this isn't a forty year plan. <laughs> it's not the it's not the long con for per se. No, no. At night, Chris's assistant calls Karis to the house. Still ambivalent. Is that how you say the word ambivalent? Yeah, I guess it would be. Am- Car- ambivalent? ambivalent. 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 Ambivalent? Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Ambivalent. Regardless, Karis concludes that an exorcism is warranted. His superior grants permission on the condition that an inexperienced priest leads the ritual. You know, you got to get those old seasoned vets involved. So, sorry, just because I'm hung up on this ambivalent thing. Please. Uh, Like... Meaning that he's, he still has mixed feelings about it. He's not. Yes. Yeah. Ambivalent. Ambivalent. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I was going to 
you know, there's kind of having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. Yeah. Yeah. And you can even, you can click the little speaker and she'll go ambivalent. (laughs) Or, well, actually it's a robot, so it may sound more like ambivalent, but, or ambivalent. Ambivalent. Catholic priest Max von Sydow, having performed an exorcism before, is summoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's sort of a a because he has to because Father Karras explains that like it's not as simple as like I I can't just do it. A, mm-hmm. I've never done one. Right. And B, there's rules. Right, like I gotta go before the committee here, and gotta and come up with I a game to, plan. Well, and and but but I'm not allowed to do it without permission, right? right like right, I right. need I need permission. I need the blessing from the church to do it, and they don't give that out very lightly, mm. right? It, he even kind of alludes at one point that like even within certain um, circles of the church, it's considered kind of archaic and and a thing of the past right like that it's not actually like he kind of admits at that point that maybe the church has performed exorcisms for things that really did just need ritalin (laughs) right and so that's that's kind of his and so but eventually he like after he sees enough things he does he goes he, he calls up whoever and says like, yes, I you know I truly think that she's exhibiting enough signs to that you know she's met the she's met the qualifications she's met the criteria for displaying demonic possession, mm-hmm. and that I'd like to do this. And then the two like big wigs within the church kind of hum and haw back and forth about who to get. And, and who did, you know, cause they're not going to go do it. <laughs> you need someone with a little bit of experience and someone who not only with experience, but someone again within the church who still believes in that aspect of it. Right. And isn't going to see it as a, you know, something that the church has evolved past. You, when you said a little bit of cur- or a little bit of experience, I was thinking, yeah, a little bit of experience and a lot of courage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Because like, then maybe there are people who believe and and people who don't think it's archaic and silly and a thing of the past, but they're like, screw that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, nope. Ma- Max von Sido arrives at the house. As the priests read from the Roman ritual, the demon curses them. The priests rest, and Max von Sido, shaking, takes some nitroglycerin as a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, big foreshadowing. <laughs> it's like, I better take this. I better take my heart pills here. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Damien... Uh, enters the room, the bedroom, where the demon appears as his mother. Yep. I mean, that's kind of off-putting. It is, and it 
and and that was uh, that was one of the things when when Father Karras first arrives. Like that was one of the things that sort of sold him on on what was going on was that mm. you know he's he she says to him like your mother something I can't remember what the your mother's in here or down in hell or whatever oh she makes a no, that's not, that's true I'm not gonna repeat it word for word because yeah. Yeah. I know you make me bleep it, but he implies that Father Karras's mother performs oral sex in hell, and mm. that is the the you know. And so, as Father Karras is leaving, he says he asks, "Did Regan know?" He says, "Were you aware that my mother had passed away recently?" And Chris says, "Yes, I'm so sorry." And he says, "Does Regan know?" And Chris says, no, she has no idea. And so that's when mm. that was one of those, you know, would be impossible for Regan to know type things, which is yeah. also a little bit alarming because either A, that means that the demon has some sort of like, like network connection to who's like is able to, mm. it's not quite you know, omnipresent, but but also is like has connections and is able to know who's died and who hasn't, or yeah. or maybe Father just Karras can, is, or maybe just can or, have a good read on people and know their weak points, right? Well, yeah, but in order for he, the demon to actually know that that Father Karras's mother had recently passed away, right? Yeah. Either it's able to, either it has some network connection. B it's able to read minds or C father Karras's mother really is actually in hell because <sighs> how else would the demon know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Showing weakness. Karras exclaims that the demon is not his mother. Max von Sido excuses Karras and continues the exorcism by himself, which I listen, I've been pretty level headed this whole review. This point was where, you know, you break the buddy system and you deserve what's coming to you. No, but yeah, but you have to. You have to, because if you have someone in the room who is, you know, like they say all the time in, in these movies, like, you know, you need to go into that room strong and you need to stay strong. Because yeah, but, as soon as you start to... Yes, but you need shake to... Shake mentally... You need to regroup and go in as a team, not just, I've got this. Can you pass me my nitroglycerin, by the way? Yeah, right. Uh, but I think, I mean, Father Marin probably thought, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a, a grip. On, I've got a grip hold on this demon right now, and I don't want to lose this progress. Or I guess. Karis, something, I don't know. Karis assures Chris that Regan will not die and re-enters the room. And lo and behold, he he was right. Finding that uh, Reagan will not die, but indeed Marin is dead AF from a heart attack. Yeah, and super bullshit. <laughs> super bullshit for Karis to be making those promises. Right. He's already admitted that he doesn't know the first thing about exorcism or possession mm -hmm. or anything like that. So that is a that is a promise that he was not able to back up with any sort of credibility at all. No, no, yeah, it'll totally be fine. 
Don't worry. Don't you know what? I've seen mind. this never before, but I can assure you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw it in a movie once. Oh, wait. No, I didn't because this is the first movie like that. So, in right. fact, I'm just full of shit. I'm full of it. Enraged, Karis beats the possessed Regan and demands that the demon take him instead. The demon rips the medallion off St. Joseph from Karis's neck. Oh, sorry. I misread that. The demon rips the medallion of St. Joseph from Karis's neck and possesses him, freeing Regan, which then means Karis hurls himself out the window, just like that other uh, Burke Dennings did, tumbling down the stone stairs outside. Which was also super risky because A, yeah, okay. So this is the type, this is the reason why Karis had to get the hell out of the room because this mm. was a boneheaded move, ultimately. It paid off. Mm. He got lucky, but it was a boneheaded move that he did as an emotional response. It was a knee-jerk move to be like, well, take me instead in an attempt to save this girl mm. under the gentleman's handshake that the demon won't double back and just go right back into Reagan. Go right back into her, but then also under the, the assumption that once the demon had entered him, there would be a window where he still had enough autonomy to be able to jump out the window and kill himself. Right? And, and on top of that, a further assumption that that would be effective. Right, that even if he jumped out, that like that he was even capable of killing himself, that he had to be alive for the demon to, you know, survive within the body and not be able to move it, and that in killing himself, what that the demon would have no choice but to go back to hell, right? Like this was a long list of one in a million crap yeah, shoots here. Yeah. One in a million crapshoots. <laughs> Chris and Kinderman enter the room. Chris embraces the healed Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. Reagan. Real fast. Rogan. Rogan? Joe. <laughs> enter stage right. Rogan was behind it. It was those damn kids the whole time. It was Rogan. Yeah, it was Joe Rogan. <laughs> Son of a But not in not even like podcast Joe Rogan, like Fear Factor Joe Rogan. <laughs> like still has still has all his hair and totes a leather jacket. I mean, that's the only way to roll, isn't it? Um, Look, even I? I could probably take him, Joe Rogan, you know? <laughs> Chris embraces the healed Joe Rogan, and Kinderman surveys the scene. Outside, Dyer administers the dying Karis his last rites. Yeah. Which, again, so at this point, mm. like... So he's not quite dead yet. Like he's yeah, he's boned. Like he's there's oh, no yeah. don't, there's no coming back from this. Don't, but he's still don't be, don't be making dinner plans with him. If, that's all yeah, I so, have but to say. but he's he's still breathing, right? Like he's maybe he's not quite mm -hmm. brain dead yet. And so at which point the demon's still in him. So mm. he's not even. I would assume, unless the demon's like, well, this ride sucks, I'm out of here. Like, 
yeah, I, so that that part's weird, right? Because mm-hmm. and I guess like the guy administering the last rites doesn't know there's a demon in there, but I guess, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I guess there's a whole lot of unknowns about like what exactly, like yeah, why was Damien so confident of his plan would be working and how that even worked? Like, yeah, I don't. Does that mean? I, so does, I don't does think that he was the confident. De- it was just and I guess, like, does that mean the demon took over Burke and jumped him out? I just kind of assumed that it like used the force and pushed him out the window, or maybe she physically pushed him out. But maybe, oh, it- I think she physically snapped his neck and threw him out the window. Uh, okay, right, maybe. because that's what like that's one of Chris's realizations, and she realizes it, and then she even says to hmm. Damien, she says, "My daughter killed Burke, killed Burke Denning." Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the McNeils prepare to leave. They're ready to get the heck out of Dodge. Father Dyer says goodbye. Despite having no memory of her ordeal, Reagan, moved by the sight of Dyer's clerical collar, kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, which I I get. Is that the 70s? Is that what that is? I guess. Because she just know. met this man. Yeah, I mean... Right, like, she was introduced to him, like, a second ago, right? Oh, hey, this is so-and-so. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Oh, look at the, look at the, you've got some nice bling-bling there. (laughs) Let me plant one on you. Must be the 70. It must have been, like, a sign of respect for a child to, I don't know. I don't know. Is the mix? They, they, it is Hollywood though. Like the mom's an actor because that's like at the Oscars, everyone does that. So maybe it's just a rich person thing. I guess. Yeah. As the McNeils leave, Chris gives Dyer the, uh, the medallion found in Reagan's room. Dyer then briefly examines the steps where Karis died before walking away. Yep. Cut and credits. Because and in, in ultimately, like you know, the the the, the detective, he kind of like you know, he asks how the girl is, mm-hmm. and I see, and then it was kind of weird. Like, what is what is the detective's take on all of this, <sighs> right? And, and how much did the detective know, and how much did he not know? Because mm-hmm. he like, she was We're sick, fu- is all yeah. he knows, right? That she had like some yeah. mental stuff going on. And Ritalin, and and he not not once does he fully accuse or suggest that Regan was the one that does it. He even implies, well, that would be physically impossible. She wouldn't have the strength to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so he, he's kind of like he's doomed to just be on this cold case now because he's never going to solve. He's not going to catch up with them somewhere, and. And, you know, start asking more questions and, and, you know, whatever. But he kind of like, he kind of like has a playful smirk about that, right? He's like, ah, how's the girl? And, and, you know, it was like he was showing up to investigate more and ask more questions. And then the father's like, ah, you just missed them. They're gone. And he's like, ah, well, there you have it. Right. It kind of like, you know, she got away with murder, literally. (laughs) Shucks. And, you know, and he's like, ah, well, you know, you win third some, one you this lose month. Some. You win yeah. some, you lose some. Yeah. So. Apparently there's a director's cut ending 
where Dyer gives the uh, gives Karis's medallion back to Chris. After she and Reagan drive away, Dyer pauses at, at the top of the stone steps before walking away, coming across Kinderman who narrowly misses. Oh, so this is. Wait, which one did I watch? Because this is what you described, is it not? Who narrowly missed Chris and Reagan's departure? Kinderman and Dyer begin to develop a friendship. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's I, I guess I watched the director's cut. Yeah, so yeah, because he, he, yeah, he interacts with them, and then this, the Kinderman does the same thing that he did um, with uh, with um, Karis, and he says, "Do you do you like going to movies?" And <laughs> Karis is like, "Well," or uh, do I? Dyer's like. Yeah, what movie? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, it's called blah blah blah. And he's like, oh, who's in it? Like, it's it's the same dialogue, same conversation. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, who's in it? He's like, ah, oh, you know, so and so is so and so, and so and so is so and so. And he's like, I've seen it. And then and then they like you know walk off together or walk in separate directions or or whatever it is. But yeah, whatever. that's the one I watched. Okay, I think interesting. I, yeah, I mean, really, to me, it doesn't seem. Uh, too drastically different you know it's not like a alternate ending where reagan really you know turns at the camera at the end and you go oh shoot what's gonna happen it to me like it is a bit of a i don't know i guess we know with more exorcist movies coming out but like i i, I just do think it's a bit of an unresolved ending where we go is this really that effective? Because like you said, it's a one in a million shot that this whole plan of the fathers worked and uh, at least yeah. temporarily it did. But like, is it permanent? Is it sustainable? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's the movie. That is it in a nutshell. What What else do we need to cover? I, I, I've covered most of what I need to cover. Um... I don't know. I mean, it, there's iconic music, right? Like it, it's got mm-hmm. that theme song, yeah, that plays, um, that everyone knows. And for years, like if you know if your parents came home from Walmart with a, a tape cassette of spooky sounds that they could play at Halloween off the little <laughs> tape cassette and set it out on the front porch. There's a good chance that tape cassette or that CD included the Exorcist <laughs> theme song. That I can't do it, but uh, yeah. Um, the only the only thing in my picture is like I think when Max von Sydow shows up, and that's maybe what we're talking about here, or what you're talking about. I'm not sure, but yes, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, recognize. Yeah. I recognize at least some of the music as you seem to as well. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the. Um, so just doing a little reading here, the angiography scene with the with the mm. IV in the neck. Um, medical professionals have described the scene, not in the novel, but added to the film to reflect changes in technology oh. uh, as a realistic depiction of the procedure. It is, hmm. uh, it is also of historical interest as radiologists were increasingly using more di- uh, distant artery using a more distant artery instead of the karyotid? Carotid. Carotid. Yeah, see, that's my ambivalent thing. It, 
I um, honestly, I appreciate that you did that on purpose, giving me a chance to come out and yeah. say carotid to carotid. make up for the whole ambivalent thing. I'm I'm actually a yeah. little embarrassed about that. Uh, it has also been described as the most realistic depiction of a medical procedure in a popular film. In oh, wow. his 2012 commentary on the DVD release of the 2000 cut, uh, Friedkin claimed that the scene was used in radiology training film, used in radiology training film for years afterward. Specifically that scene, you know, to clarify, they didn't send all the students home with the DVD. They're like, you know, don't watch the whole movie. Just watch this one scene. Just watch the one. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. And again, like a testament to, they went for, like, even though that was, it, it's also considered by audiences to be one of the most discomforting moments in the film, right? Because they do it, and, like, and then the blood squirts. Like, mm. there's, like, a violent squirting of blood that happens. Um, and it is, it, it, yeah, it's, it, they just, even though it's upsetting and even though it's, you know, in a film, you could do it from a different angle or you could, you know, cut some corners and, and just do it in a slightly less realistic special effects kind of way to save on time, to save on money, to save on whatever. They really didn't cut any corners with mm-hmm. this. They really went for, you know, like I said, the scene where she's hovering over the bed. I don't know how they did that. You know, I'm sure there's stuff out there on it, and I and I'm curious to look it up and and figure it out. But you know, it, it it's just so it's so well done, and and the film was clearly going for shock. It was clearly going for to to upset people and to convey the most horrific. Thing it could because think about it like prior what did horror films look like prior to this right well you've mm. got psycho yeah but it, it it's not too long before this that like a horror film is either a, a, a dracula monster movie creature from the black lagoon type thing <laughs> or vertigo or alfred hit alfred hitchcock's vertigo no but that's that's not horror that's a psychological thriller but that would have been the that would have been more like there's still some like they're trying to make you feel unsettled. Yeah, that. but very different though. Like that's different than the exactly. But there's a quote yeah. here uh, from the director. Sure. One of the best things that could happen. This is at the time of re- release. Mm. One of the best things that could happen is if the Pope denounces it. <sighs> To him, yeah. I mean, yeah. Any type th- of negative been, press or oh, negative... it would have been incredible press for them. Oh yeah, it would have been a huge, huge thing financially. Yeah, would have raised a lot yeah. of attention. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. There you have it. So there you have it, on folks. a scale, on a scale of zero to ten, how would you uh, how would you rank the nineteen seventy three Exorcist? I think I gave it a one out of ten. I, I, <laughs> I, 
I thought about giving it a two or three, and just by what I'm looking at for my movie metrics, I think I got to go with a one. And yeah. it's got some interesting accomplishments, you know, financially, the things you mentioned about the things it was doing to audiences at the time. And, you know, it, there's some really interesting filmmaking decisions for like physical components, storyline components, you know, creating things that are accomplishments. It just doesn't really align with my interests. And it's, it's weird saying this. Is it a bad movie? I'm not going to weigh in on that, but just for my enjoyment and my critiquing, I gave it a one out of 10 and yeah. So this is, this is your, even if it's raining at the cottage or in this case, even if the theater is giving out Lamborghinis. <laughs> yeah, the answer would be no. Yeah. What did okay. you... <laughs> it could be raining Lamborghinis at the cottage. It could be raining. Still... Well, then that's not safe to go out at that point. No, it's but, not. yeah. Uh, what yeah. did you give this mm. out of 10? I gave it an 8.5. I listen, yeah. it's it's like I said, it's dated. It is. Yeah. There yeah. are things that don't hold up. Mm-hmm. I would say specifically in terms of some of the dialogue. Um, and that's just we talk different now and films are writ differently now. Writ mm. written differently now. Um so that's one thing. Uh and then also dated in the level of true scare that it brings, right? Like the the suspense, the creepy kind of feel type thing. But again, it like hats off to it because it came out at a t- time where it didn't need to, it didn't need to be as scary as films are today. Right, like mm. if you watch the trailer for the one that's out right now, it's a whole different ball game, right? <laughs> whole different ball game, and um, but it it came out at a time where it didn't need to be as scary as films need to now. Yeah, but still, hats yeah. off to it because it didn't need like if it on a scale of zero to ten, if for nineteen seventy three. It had pushed the envelope to a 10 out of 10 in terms of what it showed and how it showed it. It could have gotten away with being a 5 out of 10 in terms of pushing that envelope. And it still would have been the most upsetting and scariest thing that anyone had ever seen. But it chose not to hold back, Mm -hmm. right? It chose to go all the way. And go for shock, but also, like, go for meaningful shock. Like, I don't think there's anything that's in this film just for the sake of being in this film, as we've seen with things like, you know, the relationship with the mother passing away and and how that affects him and affects his... Like, it's, it's not like one of those just pure up gratuitous shots. It's not, again, okay, it's not human centipede, right? It's not... Mm shocking and awful and terrifying just to be gross and shocking and horrible and terrifying. I guess, right? but it's still like, uh, it's a fine line between, you know, for whatever reason, it's still, uh, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. But I mean, there's a, 
there's a big difference between like some doctor who's going to sew esophaguses into small intestines to connect humans together and create a human centipede. That's I, that's there yeah, just yeah. for the sake of like yeah. how gross can we get? Mm-hmm. Right? To hell with story. <laughs> that's there just for how gross can we get? Whereas the exorcist didn't leave story on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right? It 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 really conveyed you know the the horror that Chris was going through and the turmoil that she's going through, the emotional time, and also the crisis of faith that Father Karras is going through, and how that ultimately made him not uh, suitable to be involved at large in the exorcism. Um, and it just, yeah, it really, it really, 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 I think, did an excellent job for what it is, and obviously is iconic and will be iconic for years and years to come. It's in its 50th anniversary, and I think in terms of cultural impact, I don't think it's any less relevant today than it was, um, and and I kind of foresee that continuing on for years to come. Hmm. So, yeah. What'd you watch this week? The only thing I watched was, oh, come on now, come on now. I watched a 2005 film called Flight Plan. It was one of okay. those movies where I was going somewhere where I needed to download something while I was um, stuck without some Wi-Fi. And so I was like, hey, this is a movie with Jodie Foster, Sean Bean, kind of, uh, you know, a uh, 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 mystery thriller who done it what's going on a bereaved woman and her daughter are flying on a plane and at 30,000 feet the child vanishes no one will admit that they ever saw the child and it's a movie you know where you're kind of wondering the whole time is this woman just having some mental PTSD things that are going on and you know the daughter was never there or is this a you know multiple people are conspiring against her and her child is missing um, but you know what? I, I had a bit of higher hopes. It ended up just being a 5 out of 10. It was somewhat entertaining. It was somewhat captivating throughout going, you know, making you wonder, what what am I watching? You know, it, what is happening here? It could go really multiple different ways. And then the resolution and the tie-off and it, it kind of wrapping up at the end kind of fell on its face or crashed and burned. So I think its finish really kind of brought it down for me. But... um yeah, anytime you've got Boromir in a movie, it, it captured my attention. So, um, didn't didn't hold up as much as I'd wanted, but a five out of ten, and uh, it could have been a lot better. It had the potentials for uh, if it had a bit of a better ending, it could have been an interesting gem. But five out of ten. What did you watch this week? Um, I think I think I told you last week that we watched a movie called The Boogeyman, right? The Stephen yeah. King adaptation so that was good and then we were on like a little bit of a horror kick Mm. um so then after that obviously we watched the exorcist and then i don't think i don't think we successfully really watched anything else so we've been watching loki loki's out Mm. um we're still watching moon knight oh yeah yes um there was one night where we we attempted to watch another horror film Mm. And we put on, first we put on Spiral, hmm. which one, which is like, 
a in the same not a spinoff but like um, maybe like in the same universe as but not one of the main films in the Saw franchise. So like stars oh. Chris Chris Rock and I think yeah I think Sam Jackson's in it and stuff like that and uh, I have to be in a really specific mood oh, yeah. for the, for that and even still like I. Yeah. I'm like looking away and feeling nauseous and we got about five minutes into it. Um, nope. Yeah. And, and I just said, do you mind if we watch something else? Like, <sighs> yeah. like we've watched all the other ones up until that point. Sure. Right. And there's one in theaters right now. I saw X or whatever's in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've watched mm-hmm. them all up until that point. And that one came out in like 2019. And so that was, kind of, I think that was like kind of some of the motivation. It's like, wow, this is like, this is a series that we've watched together. So let's hmm. keep going. Uh, but I was just like, uh, like five minutes in, I felt nauseous, felt physically sick. So I was like, no, I, Not, I don't, uh, I don't want to do this. Um, Not and then me. we kind of perused Netflix and Disney plus and stuff like that, trying to find some sort sort of horror film. We found one on Disney plus again, we watched it for about five minutes and we're like, Oh, this already just seems stupid. Like, it was just, like, it was just tacky and kind of lame. And so then we just, like, hey, do you want to watch, like, a couple episodes of The Simpsons and and then go to bed? <laughs> so that's what we did. Um, nice. So, yeah, I don't know. We, uh, I don't know. I'd like to watch at least one more horror film before, um, before Halloween, you know, comes and goes. But it's hard. It's hard to find because there's so much... It you know you could be like oh at Christmas time you're like oh let's you know oh this Christmas movie I don't know anything about it let's just throw it on, um, and you just watch a Christmas movie or a comedy you're like oh, I'm in the mood for a comedy so you just go to the Netflix comedy section and you find a comedy and maybe you find it funny maybe you don't whatever but there's so much like especially on the streaming services there's so much either a horror that I've never heard of or b horror that despite being on Netflix is like very indie, very low budget, Mm -hmm. very poorly written, who gives a shit kind (laughs) of horror. Uh, So it's hard. It's hard to like, you're going through the list and you're like, nah, nah, nah. Cause even the stuff you've heard of, Mm -hmm. it's like horror is a genre where the intention is to sit down and feel horrible, to, to witness horrible things. And so it can be really tricky when you're like, I kind of want to watch horror, but I don't really know what I want to watch. You're essentially mm-hmm. trying to figure out what kind of upsetting, horrible stuff am I in the mood for? And that, at least for me, is very, very, very tricky to pin down. So I don't know. I don't know what we'll watch. Oh, we watched... That's not true. We watched the second... Nun movie, which just Ugh. came out. Ugh. Yeah, we watched the sequel to The Nun. It was good. It. I don't think it's as good. It's not the strongest entry in the Conjuring universe. I don't even think I liked it as much, maybe, as the first Nun. There, the main MacGuffin in it was a little. Yeah, it was a cool concept. It was a cool setup, but then I don't think they did enough with the MacGuffin to like really delve into what it is and why it has powers and what exactly those powers are. Um, and so, yeah, that, uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. We watched the second nun movie, but (laughs) yeah, 
probably probably going to look for one more. I'm excited for the new year. Very excited for the new year when we start the paranormal activity watch through. Very excited. Um, thank you again for suggesting and then agreeing to that. That's 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 <laughs> excellent. Um, nope. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, I have it in audio. I will go back and I will and I'm going to begin every show and I'm going to end every show with that sound clip just so that the good people know. Speaking of ending the show. Yeah, wrap it up, sir. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, listening to our spooky episode, whether you are a fan of The Exorcist, whether you're a fan of watching or sorry, listening to me squirm, whether you're a fan of horror movies and just wanted to hear us tune in on on this uh, classic tale. Thank you for joining I'm us. I'm a yes for all three of those. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Check out our socials below, our Patreon below, ways for you to get connected with us. And stay tuned for upcoming votes, upcoming releases, and just stay tuned in general. Always always a good thing to do. Yeah, next up we got one more 1990 vote. And then we're done with the 90s. Yeah. And we're yeah. done with the 90s. And we have one more vote after that, and then we're into Christmas votes. Good Lord. I know. Good Lord. Crazy times. Yeah, it's gross. You excited for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Yeah.